بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين وصلى الله على نبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه وسلم We continue the explanation of Riyadh al-Salihin and we have reached hadith number 29 hadith number 29 and in this hadith an Abi Zaydin Usama Usama ibn Zayd bin Haritha Mawla Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam wahibbihi wa ibn hibbihi radiyallahu anhuma qal arsalat bintu nabiyyi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam inna ibniya qad قد احتضر فاشهدنا فأرسل يقرئ السلام ويقول إن لله ما أخذ وله ما أعطى وكل شيء عنده بأجل مسمى فلتصبر ولتحتسب فأرسلت إليه تقسم عليه ليأتينها فقام ومعه سعد بن عبادة ومعاذ بن جبل وأبي بن كعب وزيد بن ثابت ورجال رضي الله عنهم فرفع إلى رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم الصبي فأقعده في حجره ونفسه تقعقع ففاضت عيناه فقال سعد يا رسول الله ما هذا فقال هذه رحمة جعلها الله تعالى في قلوب عباده وفي رواية في قلوب من شاء من عباده وإنما يرحم الله من عباده الرحماء متفق عليه In this hadith Usama ibn Zayd May Allah be pleased with him narrated that the daughter of the Prophet وسلم, sent for him as her child was dying but the Prophet ﷺ returned the messenger and sent her good wishes saying whatever Allah takes is for him and whatever he gives is for him and everything with him has a limited fixed term in this world and so she should be patient and hope for Allah's reward. This is what the Prophet ﷺ sent to her. She again sent for him, swearing that he should come, meaning her father, the Prophet ﷺ. The Prophet ﷺ got up. The Prophet ﷺ got up and so did Sa'ad bin Ubadah, Mu'ad ibn Jabal, Ubay bin Ka'ab, Zayd bin Thabit, and some other men. May Allah be pleased with all of them from the companions. And the child was brought to Allah's Messenger وسلم, while his breath was disturbed in his chest. His breath was irregular. So tears flowed from the eyes of the Prophet والسلام, Sa'ad said, O oh Allah's Messenger, what is this? What is this? He, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, replied, It is mercy which Allah has embedded in the hearts of, of whomever he wished of his slaves. 
and Allah is merciful only to those of his slaves who are merciful to others and Allah does not bestow his mercy except on the merciful among his slaves and this is in Al-Bukhari al-Muslim the author rahimahullah reported this hadith from Abi Zayd Usama ibn Zayd bin Haritha I will repeat the hadith the daughter of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam sent a messenger to the Prophet requesting him to come as her child was dying or was gasping but the Prophet ﷺ returned the messenger and told him to convey his greetings to her and say, Whatever Allah takes is for him. And whatever he gives is for him. And everything with him has a limited fixed term in this world. And so she should be patient and hope for Allah's reward she again sent for him swearing that he should come so the Prophet got up and so did Sa'ad bin Ubadah Mu'ad bin Jabal Ubay bin Ka'b Zayd bin Thabit and some other men may Allah be pleased with all of them from the companions the child was brought to Allah's messenger while his breath was disturbed in his chest on seeing that the eyes of the Prophet ﷺ streamed with tears tears flowed from the eyes of the Prophet ﷺ Sa'ad said what is this O Allah's Messenger, he said, this is mercy which Allah has embedded in the hearts of whomever he wished of his slaves. And Allah does not bestow his mercy except on the merciful among his slaves. Now, is the hadith understood now in, in the text? Did you hear it clearly, inshallah? So here it is reported uh, the author rahimahullah, the compiler and Imam al-Nawawi rahimahullah from Abi Zayd, Usama bin Zayd bin Haritha and Zayd bin Haritha was a slave to Khadija and she gave him as a gift and to the Prophet ﷺ, and the Prophet ﷺ freed him. And he used to be known as Hibb Rasulullah, meaning the beloved to the Messenger ﷺ. Here in this hadith, one of the daughters of the Prophet ﷺ sent a messenger to the Prophet ﷺ saying that her child is dying and she requests 
from the Prophet, she requested from the Prophet to come. So the Prophet conveyed to her through the same messenger. He returned the messenger and said, Murha faltasbir. See, she should be patient and seek reward. Remember this. Be patient and anticipate reward. Because whatever Allah takes is for him. And whatever he gives is for him. And everything is, has a limited fixed term, preordained in this world. So she should be patient, command her to be patient and hope for Allah's reward. Tasbir. Be patient and refrain from complaint and anticipate the reward. Why this is important? Because many people uh, could be patient, could be patient, but they don't anticipate the reward. This is a very important benefit. They refrain from sin and they don't complain, but they don't put hope and anticipate hope for the reward. So they will miss abundant good. And this is a very important benefit. I am stressing it because this is widespread. Many Muslims refrain from sin and don't complain. Alhamdulillah. But few are those who hope for the reward. And so those who don't will miss a great abundant good. So if he intends by his patience that Allah rewards him on that, then this is the anticipation. Murha fal tasbir. Tell her be patient. Wal tahtasib. And let her hope for the reward from Allah Azza wa Jal, most mighty and most magnificent. Then he mentioned this great statement, alayhi salatu wassalam. فَإِنَّ لِلَّهِ ما أخذ وما أعطى Verily Whatever Allah takes is for him And whatever he gives is for him It is for Allah what he takes And what he gives This is a very great statement Because everything If everything belongs to Allah so if he takes something from you, then it is his. If he gives you something, then it is his. So, how come then you turn resentful? If he takes from you that which is his. So if he takes something beloved to you, then you say, هذا لله. This is for Allah, it belongs to Him. He takes what He wishes. And it is for Him to give what He wishes and to whomever He wishes. And therefore, 
It is a sunnah for the person, if he is afflicted with a calamity, to say, Inna lillahi wa inna ilayhi raji'un. To Allah we belong and to Him we shall return. Meaning we belong to Allah. He does what He wishes. Similarly, whatever we love, if He takes it from our hands, then it, it belongs to Him. Even that which He gives you, you don't possess it. It is to Him. And therefore, that's why you cannot manage what Allah gives you except in the way which He has permitted. And this is evidence that whatever we possess from what Allah gives us is limited. We don't have absolute management of it. If a person thinks that he has the absolute running of affairs of what he possesses in ways which are not condoned by the legislation, we tell him stop. This is not right. Because this belongs to Allah. As Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala stated in Surah An-Nur, chapter 24, verse 33. And give them something yourselves out of the wealth of Allah which He has bestowed upon you. And that's why in this hadith, the Prophet ﷺ said, وَلِلَّهِ مَا أَخَذَ وَمَا وَلَهُ مَا أَعْطَى It is for Allah what He takes and what He gives. So if this is the case, then we shouldn't act with, resentment, with resentfulness. Because this would be in opposition to sound intellect and also in opposition to textual proofs. And then in this statement the Prophet ﷺ added وَكُلُّ شَيْءٍ عِنْدَهُ بِأَجَلٍ مُسَمَّى And everything before his sight has a limited period. And everything with him has a limited fixed term in this world. As Allah stated in, in the Quran, in Surah Al-Rad, chapter 13, verse 8, Everything with him is in due proportion. Due proportion in time, in place, in essence, in characteristics, in all that is related to it, with Allah it is in due proportion, specified. If you 
is certain of this that is certain that whatever Allah it is for Allah what He takes and what He gives and that everything is in due proportion set in a limited way then you will be satisfied in your life this last statement by the Prophet means that the person cannot change what is written already neither by way of making it happen before it's fixed time nor afterwards as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala stated in Surah Yunus chapter 10 verse 49 لِكُلِّ أُمَّةٍ أَجَلٍ إِذَا جَاءَ أَجَلُهُمْ فَلَا يَسْتَأْخِرُونَ سَاعَةً وَلَا يَسْتَقْدِمُونَ لِكُلِّ أُمَّةٍ أَجَلٍ For every nation there is an appointed time when their time comes then they cannot put it off an hour nor hasten it for every nation there is an appointed time when their time or term is reached neither they can delay it nor they can advance it an hour so when the matter is preordained and preset and in due proportions then it cannot be delayed nor it can be hastened so there is, therefore there is no benefit in being resentful and complain because such resentfulness and complaint is not going to change anything after that the messenger alayhi salatu wasalam conveyed to the messenger this message and the messenger related it to his daughter however she sent back that he should come so he alayhi salatu wasalam went in the company of a group of his companions and we in the hadith they named them from them Issaad bin Ubadah Mu'ad bin Jabal Ubay bin Ka'b Zayd bin Thabit and some other men May Allah be pleased with all of them. And then he reached there. The child was presented to him, was brought to him, while his breath was irregular, disturbed. The Prophet ﷺ 
cried and tears flowed from his eyes. So Sa'ad bin Ubadah who was with him and Sa'ad bin Ubadah was the leader of Al-Khazraj tribe he said what is this? He thought that the messenger وسلم, cried out of uh, impatience he cried out of impatience the Prophet والسلام, responded by saying this is mercy it is mercy meaning I cried as mercy not as being impatient regarding the appointed terms set by Allah then he alayhi salatu wasalam added innama إنما يرحم الله من عباده الرحماء Verily Allah is merciful only to those of his slaves who are merciful to others. In this there is evidence for the permissibility to cry as mercy regarding regarding the calamity or the, the one uh, afflicted by a calamity touched by the calamity if you see someone touched by a calamity in his intellect or in his um, in his body then and, and you cried out of mercy this and compassion then this is evidence that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala embedded mercy in your heart and if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala put this mercy in your heart then you are from those who are merciful and who will receive the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We ask Allah the Most High, We ask Him to have mercy upon me and you. In this hadith, there is evidence for the obligation of sabr, patience. Because the Prophet said to the messenger to tell his daughter Murha فالتصبر والتحتسب tell her that she should command her to be patient and anticipate the reward and in this also there is Dalil in this there is Dalil there is evidence that this way of condolence is the best way and that this is better than what is said by some people when they give condolence they say أعظم الله أجرك وأحسن عزاءك وَغَفَرَ لِمَيِّتِكَ May Allah magnify your reward and may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make perfect your patient endurance of the loss and may Allah forgive the, uh, your, your deceased 
this is a statement chosen by some scholars. However, the one which the Prophet ﷺ chose is اصبر واحتسب be patient and anticipate reward it is for Allah what he gives and it is for him what he takes and everything is in due proportion and for limited fixed time in this world this is better because the person when he hears this he becomes more satisfied and more content and it should be reminded that the condolence in reality is not a greeting as some common people think whereby they think that this is like a, a greeting or a celebration where they gather and they put uh, uh, chairs to for people to come and sit and candles are lit and they bring reciters of Quran and they bring food this is uh, this is not the correct and right way of condolence condolence is comforting and strengthening of the one touched by the calamity and reminding him to be patient and commanding him to be patient and that's why if a first cousin of someone dies and he did not care for his death then you don't give him condolence then you don't give him condolence and that's why the scholar said it is sunnah to give condolence for the one touched by the calamity and they didn't say it's a sunnah to give condolence to the relative because the relative may not be affected by the calamity befalling his relative and it may be that the one who is not related may be affected in ways that are stronger than the relative because of a special relationship with the deceased so therefore the condolence is to the one touched by not to the relative however it is nowadays that things changed and the condolence changed also to be offered to the relative even though the relative may be pleased for the death of his relative still people can give condolence to him it may be that some people are poor and that they have problems with their first cousins many problems and a first cousin of them dies while he has, he has millions here it's most often that he may be uh, happy for his death and he says uh, Alhamdulillah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala freed me from his problems, not only that, and uh, made me inherit his wealth. So in this case, this person is not to be given condolence. So what is important is that we should know that the condolence is to strengthen the afflicted.
person to uh, be patient and comfort him and therefore one chooses the best of words and there is nothing better than the words which the Prophet ﷺ chose and all success is from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala this brings the end of the explanation of this great hadith Alhamdulillah Rabbil Alameen وصلى الله على نبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه وسلم